Good morning and welcome back, everybody, to the Stock Showdown podcast. This is another edition of Waking Up with Wandy. I, your host, Wandy, here on a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Sparta, New Jersey. Our guest not located in Sparta, New Jersey, I think uh, on a different time zone here. So I think he's about an hour, uh, hour, hour behind us in Nashville, Tennessee. We have an esteemed uh, privilege here to have Julian Hayes II on the Stock Showdown podcast here. A little bit of a background on Julian Hayes II. Um, he, fantastic story. I was, I was doing a little bit of research on Julian here, and maybe he'll divulge a little bit on, on where this career path changed. But originally, Julian Hayes II wanted to pursue a career in medicine. And again, if he wants to get into this, he can, and why that uh, changed and why he decided to go down a different path based upon his, his background here. But he now, you know, has has divulged into it to a different career path. Now he is the founder of the Art and Fitness in Life, uh, which is a boutique concierge firm helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business leaders reverse the aging process and upgrade their entire human system with precision through leveraging their unique DNA, data-driven health metrics, personalized bio-specific programming, a quotes performance team, and high-tech toys. Holy cow, if that's not an elevator pitch, <laughs> if I've ever heard one. But without further ado, here is Julian Hayes the second. Thank you, Julian. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. I really appreciate that, William, and I, I really appreciate that. Please enlighten us on that little pitch right there. Um, what does that, I mean, that was a mouthful. Um, let's just start this. How did that come to be? You know, where did this all stem from? I know that you had an interest in pursuing something in the medical profession at an earlier age. Um, so obviously you have an interest in that, but where did that then transition into what you do today, Julian? Well, I, I tell you, I, if I was back in high school, I would have laughed if you told me I would have been doing this or anything really close to that or writing because I was writing. was not something I really enjoyed. I enjoyed reading other people and, and, and things like that, but never. And speaking, communicating, never really my thing. And I would probably say a pivotal moment when I started to really appreciate health was for me, my initial health background was once you get over 30, which I am now, things are, things are supposed to go downhill because I come from a family where I typically saw a lot of people start breaking down after 30. So I really thought, I was like, crap, man, life's, life's going to get really bad after 30. And I, and I, was, I played high school basketball, almost had junior college offers, but I knew I wasn't going to the NBA, so I took the academic route. And there was an older gentleman playing basketball that day with, with us, you know, a 16, 17-year-olds. And this older gentleman's running up and down the court just as good as we are. And I'm like, wow, what is this guy on? Who is this guy? You know, so we get to talking, and he gets in this very, very simplistic advice that he gives me about taking care of yourself. I'm like, oh, wow, that's very basic. Because you, you expected something profound. But what that did was plant the seed in my head about the importance of health and how much control I actually have, how it's not really my genetic. It's my genetics to a little bit, but we have more control over our destiny than we actually think. And so I start working out like a fanatic in high school. I was 165 pounds and I just worked myself up and I really started to love health. And I was a marketing major in international business. And as a piece of advice as you're going through life is oftentimes your first thing that you think you want to be, you probably don't want to be. 
at first. And so don't be, don't be afraid to change and pivot. And so last minute, probably fourth year, decide I wanted to go to medical school, medical school. And I needed to take a bunch of prereqs. And part of the inspiration was to show House Indeed, if people know what that show is. I, I, I love that show. And so I get to New York. New York is so different than I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So New York is so different than Nashville. It's 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 like a culture shock. I, I didn't think how could these two places be in the same country is how I felt at first. I was like, oh my goodness. But New York felt like home because I people thought I was crazy for a lot of my dreams and everything back home. But in New York, I'm like sane compared to some of the people I just randomly met. And so I remember us in the east, the lower east side, and I was taking a break from class or skipping class, I should say. And <laughs> at least you're honest, and I had this, you. yeah. And I, yeah, and I had this. I didn't, well, that's a whole other story about like, um, I, I left class a lot because a lot of it was on video at that point, the iTunes, and you could two and three exit. And so I wanted more time in the city, so I taught myself to start processing things at two and three x speed. So I can get through more information quicker and save time. So I, I, I'm just, that's just kind of how I'm hardwired. But anyway, that's a side tangent. So I'm in the Lower East Side at this at this restaurant. And what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, it's the Yucca Bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, don't need yeah. to dive yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> and so we're, we're talking, and so I'm talking to the girl there. And the, the funny thing is, so she's, she's traveling and she's mixing her passion with her career. And for the most part, I've never done that. And I always thought about the career was a safe path for me. Medicine, medicine was a safe path it might, because it's taking tests, going through a process, and there's a proven outcome at the end. I know what I was going to get if I do steps A, then B, then C, then D, then E, and et cetera, and et cetera. And so I couldn't get that out of my head. And I always had this whisper in my head of like, maybe I don't, I don't think this is the right thing. I think you should be doing something else. And so I'm sitting in a long anatomy exam and I just zone out. I look up, my classmates are sweating, probably just like, oh my God, this test is harder than I thought. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> and, and so that summer, you know, I, I, finished this, I finished the first year and everything. And then I just get back home and I'm like, this is not it. I'm not going to go back. So I tell everyone and everyone looks at me crazy few people ask if I need a drug test or something because they're like, where did this come from? Because it's totally out of left field. And then over time, you started like personal training, you started fitness, and then you keep your curiosity gets you. And that's probably one of my superpowers is curiosity. And I just knew there's more out there. And then I started looking at things in my family that 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 they get sick with. And then I looked at other families and things that they get sick with. And you had these patterns. And I didn't believe in coincidences. There had to be some kind of clues there. And so that led me to the genetics route. And then I, I just found mentors to teach me all these other things. And then I get curious to test things on myself to see how much I can test the limits of myself and, and keep pushing myself. And one thing led to another. You just keep adding things and you have an entirely different business than you ever imagined. Wow. Um, it's, I mean, so much, I mean, so many questions uh, arise <laughs> from, uh, from that right there, Julian, and I, I don't know where to begin. Uh, I think the one was, um, combining your, I think you said, um, combining your passion with a career, something along mm -hmm. those lines that your passion was medicine, 
but you were in a completely different career path. Um, I work at a technical school. Uh, so these kids as, as eighth graders have to come in to my, my school and make a decision as a 13 year old, this is the path I want to leave for the next four years. It, again, it, it's almost like making that decision as an 18 year old heading to the collegiate level, but we're expecting in my high school for those kids who are 13 to make that decision right now. So I think it's very important. What you said there is that it's okay. If you pivot, like if you were in high school and it costs you zero, <laughs> um, to then realize after four years, I'm going to pivot. This is not what I want to do as opposed to spending four years in college, pursuing something in the medical field, or I'm, excuse me, in international business and marketing and realizing, all right, now I want to go to medical school and you incurred all those costs. I'm sure to maybe some degree. Um, but again, like I think you said it perfect, and I want to just piggyback off that. It's okay if you're 13, 18, 28, 40, whatever it is, to be able to pivot. And I think we're realizing that more and more due to what's taken place over the last, God, are we now two years out? Yeah, about two years. Almost, yeah. Yeah, and so and here's a, here's a secret about that, and here's a good thing you're still building skills. So you're not wasting your time. You're building skills and you're making, you're becoming a more well-rounded person. So, because actually one of the things that helped me get admitted, it wasn't my grades because I didn't have the highest in cat. I didn't have the highest overall GPA because of, I, I was, I was a terrible student for like my freshman sophomore year. But what I did have was I, I had all these other things that made me a well-rounded human because, you know, for that particular thing, it's one thing to know and to know the information, know the knowledge, but you also got to be able to relate to people. You also have to be able to communicate to people and be an actual human. And so I had a bunch of different um, hobbies and passions and topic points that I can, uh, that I can talk about because I literally dipped my hand in so many different things during that time. So when you looked at my resume, you're like, wow, this guy was all, he did all sorts of things. And that gave you all sorts of different skills. And now you can relate to anyone. You can talk about anything almost. Right. I think that's perfect. And I try to emphasize that to my, my students as well is that, look, don't take any position or any job that you're doing as, as trivial as it might be for granted. What you can do is you're developing transferable skills that if you can, if you're good and you can articulate it in a way that says, all right, I did you know, again, again, I'm, I'm dealing with high school students, so they want to keep it very basic. Like, all right, I was a, I was a line cook or I was a, a fry cook or whatever it is at McDonald's. And like, you know, their, their explanation or, or their bullet point is fry cook at McDonald's. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to expand upon that. What do you have to do as a fry cook at McDonald's to, to run, uh, you know, run your position efficiently? And then you take that and then when you go to look at that next position over there and, and, and they have a job description, you articulate it in your cover letter and your resume to craft it to fit what they're looking for. So exactly, I think to piggyback again off of what you said, don't take any job, any position for granted because you'll never know what that can open up for you down the road. Absolutely. 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 And I wish I knew that. Back then. <laughs> Same. And, you know, at the tender age, you know, I'm in my thirties as well. I'm actually knocking on the door of 40 here in about four, four and a half months or so, but I digress. 
uh, wish that, you know, these types of skills and, and, and attitudes and ideas were, were taught to me when I was in high school. So um, that's it kind of, again, want to give back to those yeah. kids right now. So they don't, you know, end up 20 years down the road, like, where am I now? Um, so thank Absolutely. you for that. So then how, where and, and how did this art of fitness in life, which again is, I, I, you know, go back to the first introduction here, very articulate. You said you weren't good at writing, but like that, <laughs> that is some crafty writing there. Uh, a boutique concierge firm to help entrepreneurs. Like, please yeah. Yeah. divulge on that because yeah. that is a loaded statement. Yeah. So I, um, I like hotels and I, I like hotels and I read a few books on hotels and stuff and they seem to use that word to convey a certain point. And so I thought it was a good idea to use this word. Honestly, I like, I like the word. I like the, I like how certain things sound. So the art of fitness in life wasn't the name of, wasn't the original name of the company. I just, it just came to me one day because I saw, I forgot what exactly I saw, but it was the art of something. And I was like, I just like the way things sound with the art of, and that's why I was like, okay, let's have fitness and art of fitness in life. It's like, yeah, I think that sounds good. The domain's available. Let's roll with it. Right. And, and when was that? And, when, when did that, uh, what, what year was that? Let's see. Probably about six years ago, I believe so now. Okay. Yeah. It's about six years. Yeah. The original name was 206 Fitness, and because there's 206 bones in the body. Wow. Okay. I was thinking that like yeah. that's like a Nashville, Tennessee area code or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Forgive so, my ignorance. Yeah, but the, but the but but there's too many. I was also trying to separate myself because I realized that I had to start really. I got some mentorship, and I needed to find a way to separate myself. You know, one reason, like, I'm not a personal trainer. Like, you don't see it. I'm called a personal trainer because there's so many personal trainers. Right. I pretty much made, gave myself my own titles. And, it, you know, to try to create a category of one. Because when you think of personal trainer, you, you already have an expectation of, of something that's coming into there. And so to go back to this whole point here, this was a lot of iterations. And I'm still working on that. I have different, I have different, uh, like, I guess you would call elevated pitches. So for some people, that's overwhelming. So some people, it's simply, I want to, I want you to run around with your great, great grandchildren, not just see them. And that's, a, you can easily visualize that. So if it, whoever I'm talking to, I use different points just because I can get an idea and a sense of where they're coming from. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's things that I did and you just, I just kept writing. That's the same way with, with the writing career. I had a best friend who was actually a writer, but he doesn't write anymore, which is kind of weird. And when I was first writing, it was so terrible. And luckily he would look over this and then I could start to learn some of the mistakes I've made. And then also I just buy books. So if I need to learn a subject, I will buy maybe four or five books at a time on it <laughs> to, 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 to get an understanding of it. And that's how I, that's how I learned. And then I go out. So I go in a cave, I hunker down. And then I come out and start practicing. And then I just keep iterating over and over and over and over with it. And so it's a very boring process, but that's the only way to really get good at something. If you're going to play a sport, you got to keep repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, if you think about Kobe Bryant, what he did was to get the edge. He, he, he trained three times a day. So he woke up just a little earlier because he knew his competition wasn't going to do that, but that gave him an extra workout. And then over time, that's going to compound 
And you're going to get so far ahead of your competition that it doesn't matter how hard they try to catch up. They can't because you're so many years ahead of them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, inspiring, uh, Kobe, I mean, you know, um, putting in the hours, um, to get that competitive edge, the Mamba mentality as they call it. And, uh, yeah, definitely somebody to, to look up to I'm, I'm glad you, you referenced that one. Uh, we, you know, it's, it's hard to see that in this day and age, um, that level of dedication, uh, that Kobe have, I know it's you know, basically few and far between. So, um, so it's it's about balance and, and that's i guess as an entrepreneur myself um i have a difficult time trying to trying to manage um and this is probably you know where your expertise comes in um it's trying to find that balance of work um and find that that passion um health and fitness and family and and, and trying to again find that balance it's not an easy task. Um, what sort of recommendation do you have for people that are trying to juggle all these different things? It's the first thing when you're going to embark on that type of life is you have to first realize that you're not going to have balance, not in the sense that the way the, I guess I would call it mainstream world thinks of balance where everything you have, you have this nice circle and the pie is all divided into four perfectly square quadrants and the each is divided at 25%. You're not going to really have that. So you're going to be unbalanced to most people because you're, you're building an unconventional life. So you're most likely everything's going to be unconventional about you. Now, with that said, I do believe that you can have balance, except you have to define your balance. So for me, the first thing I did was I set up my non-negotiables. And that's what I built my life around and different phases of life. This is most likely going to change and there's different seasons as well when you're having balance. So right now you got the, you got the newborn, right? Yeah. And that balance is going to look different because you probably have to wake up a lot more in the middle of the night. Right. You know? Oh yeah. It's a crapshoot right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So compare that to someone who has, where they don't have that and it's just 10 and 11 year olds that balance can be different because you can almost plan now that i'm going to get a full night's sleep uninterrupted where you can't 100 plan for that then and another thing with the business it depends on what season of business you're in so when you're at the very beginning you are filling a lot of roles yeah. and so it's it's very demanding you are filling a lot of roles and so I, I think then if you got other people like family, I think it's good to bring them and just share with them what you're doing, what you're working on, what's, what's it looking like and kind of like, what's it going to be like? This is like, this is going to be demanding for a season, but this is where we're going. So I think if you can get people on board, I think that helps smooth the process out because every, because um, every, it's, every, it's pretty much like being a captain on a ship and everybody knows like where we're going what's the mission and everything. So that's the first thing with balance is to realize there is no balance, but you're going to make and define your own version of balance. Then start creating your non-negotiable, start creating your standards and then have an initial plan. But once again, as probably the theme of this conversation is don't be opposed to change. Don't look at it as a bad thing. If this initial plan doesn't work out because it's like a tech company, it's version one. And you want to get version one out as soon as possible because then you get feedback, you get real life, um, 
data in a sense, because a lot of this is just theory. We can make all the best plans in the world, but we don't know how they're going to operate until we actually get out in the field and see this plan under action. It's, it's still kind of theory. And so you have that first plan, see how that goes and then make some iterations and just continually make iterations, iterations, iterations. That's essentially what my whole life is pretty much down to. I have a hypothesis. I have a theory in my head. Something comes up. I throw it out there. I execute it. And then I see how it responds. And then I make some iterations. That's where the word precision came from. I love it. I love it. And uh, selfishly, <laughs> thank you for the advice. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're preaching, hopefully, to my students that. Uh, but at the same time, that was a direct yeah. question about me is, is trying to, again, manage four children, yeah. a job, and trying to yeah. be a budding entrepreneur uh, at yeah. the same time. So, and, and well, the, funny, the funny thing about the, uh, the students is that, like, a lot of things, a lot of my best inspirations for what I'm doing now has come from things totally unrelated to health and fitness. A lot of my best ideas, you know, like I said, I mentioned a lot of the inspiration with the words I use and then the direction I'm going is I took a lot of inspiration from, from hotels. I really like, you know, I took things from hotels. So when your students is listening to that, they can say, okay, maybe it's not the family or anything. Maybe it's not this job yet, but maybe it's my sporting career. Maybe it's I'm working towards something for college or whatnot. So you can place yourself in these situations and most things are connected at their core. Once you remove the surface of whatever you're looking at, at its core, pretty much all things are the same. So that's, you know, going back to fitness and life, a lot of things to be successful in life, it's the same things that is required to be successful in fitness. They're all weaving together, except they just look different. They have different masks, but they're really the same. Yeah. I mean, some, something had to give. So my, my health and fitness <laughs> has definitely uh, waned a little bit over the last yeah. few months. Um, but I've always, I've always had, you know, I've always tried to stay in, in good shape. And, you know, I think you said something like, it's not all about the genes. I, you know, I think I've been blessed with good genes. Um, and, I, you know, side note, <laughs> I actually have a tab up here because I'm doing ancestry.com in my spare okay, cool. time because like, I got really inspired. Uh, and my son asked me a question um, about the family. And then like, I just got down a rabbit hole with this thing and our uh, ancestors and I'm going back and back and back. But like, I, I want basically what you said, you know, probably about 10 minutes ago in our conversation is I want to be able to run um, with my great grandkids, not just see them. So mm -hmm. A, I think, yes, I've been blessed with good genes, but at the same time too, is maintaining that healthy lifestyle of fitness and nutrition. So, yeah, yeah, and it, it's um, you know, the genes are, genes are a very interesting thing because uh, I, I like to say I have sports I have sports car genes. So if you take care of it, it's going to perform really well. So I got lucky in there, but it can it can it can, it can break down very quick. So it's a very fine line with with my genes, and then some people have more robust genes where you know, they can, they can get away with a lot more to, right. to say the least. I feel like I have that now, but <laughs> I think it's slowly waning. Um, one last question I wanted to ask you because it, it, it's come up and I see that it's come up and I, you know, want to get your take on it. And um, the, the idea of 
getting a good night's sleep because, you know, A, as again, father of four, I don't feel like, again, I'm getting good sleep. Um, and I'm trying to, again, launch my own business. And having my high school students, I know for a fact that they are overwhelmed. And I hear, not, not to say every day, but I hear periodically, oh, I got three hours of sleep, you know, this because I had this paper due and this assignment and this project and I had this practice and, and all this stuff. So can you please, please <laughs> tell us the importance, not just again, selfishly to me, but to yeah. students as well, the importance of sleep. Yeah, I um, had to learn this lesson recently too. So I, I, I got sick and I haven't been sick in years. It was such a foreign concept to me. And one reason why I think so is because my immune system was down and susceptible to any type of illness because there was a project I was working on and I took on another one because I, I think sometimes I have limitless energy and I don't need sleep. And maybe that's the downside of my personality. And so I had a lot of nights. So I averaged for probably three weeks, maybe four hours of sleep. And, and I was still working out, running and everything. And so I'm just depleting my body, not letting it recover. And so you leave yourself vulnerable to illness, you leave yourself vulnerable to injury. And so that's in a, a practical sense that no one's immune to that. Now, at that age in high school, sleep is even more important than it is probably for me and you right now, because you're still growing. You're not fully developed yet. I mean, you're developed. So if you're listening to that, you're developed, but you're not <laughs> fully developed. Like, like cognitively. Trust me. Yeah, cognitively, cognitively, definitely. Like, and, um, it's going to take a. You have a lot more years left. So you're doing your. So if I went back in high school, my performance is probably better if I actually got myself on a regimen with sleep and a consistent schedule. I'd have been a much better basketball player. I was pretty good just naturally, but I just, I just think about all the gains I left because it didn't matter how much I was working out. It didn't matter really none of that because I wasn't dedicated enough to my sleep. I played, I was playing video games a lot. I love video games. I had to get rid of them though. And I hope they're hearing but, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, video game, I mean, you know, we're still on the sleep, but a quick thing on video games. I think video games are beneficial as long as you like have constraints around them, right? Because it did. I did. I'm an only child, so I, I built a lot of friendships through that and camaraderie just from playing video games with people. So I think it's it's great in that thing and eye coordination and and all that stuff. But back to the sleep. You know, we're emotionally, cognitively, physically, mentally, all connected to sleep. It's pretty much like a our puppet master that that is controlling all of these things and so when you don't get sleep and, and you're moodier you're gonna you're gonna be moodier uh, your decision making is not as sharp and if you're playing a sport that's that's a big difference because in sports the minute details the inches matter that's what separates good to elite that's what often separates a win from a loss and in the academic sense I mean, our brains is everything. And if we're not feeling as sharp, if we're feeling lethargic and rusty, then that's leaving a lot of potential on the table there. So there's a lot of 
research that you can go into sleep, but that's that's probably a little more details. So we're, we'll keep it very practical. We'll keep it very practical with, with that. That's when, it. When it comes to sleep. Yes, get your rest, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Get your rest. I mean, and, I just... and, and so now I will also say that we all have different sleep needs. Yeah. We all, yeah, we all have different sleep needs, but there's only like two, three percent of the population who can actually get away with four four hours of sleep and thrive, like thrive. There's a certain gene for that. It's called the DEC2 gene. I don't have it. I, I did. I, I looked three times. Just to, maybe I was looking wrong because I really hoped I didn't have it, but I don't have it. So <laughs> maybe Elon Musk has it. That's about it. <laughs> maybe and you know sometimes purpose purpose can drive us a lot of times. Where the the, the, the thing about sleep is. Our brain is so fascinating that it can it can essentially trick us into thinking whether you're thriving and you're but you're not thriving you're existing and so with sleep it's it's a very intricate thing but more of the story is to get your sleep that's a great final parting piece of advice julian hayes the second uh this is your host Wendy, signing off with another Waking Up with Wendy episode of the Stock Showdown. Thank you very much, Julian Hayes II, for joining us. This is Wendy out. God bless.